Hello, Motown Philly family. You all need to know that this podcast is sponsored by The Speaker's Mechanic. The Speaker's Mechanic is a business enterprise of my co-host, Jason Hall, who is a communication skills coach, and he's also a published author of a book called A Vocal Owner's Manual. He works with professionals who are looking to improve their communication skills, and I guarantee you that if you work with him, he will improve yours. Check out his book on Amazon. Again, it's called A Vocal Owner's Manual, and you will be certain once you check him out to improve and get better because here at Motown Philly, that's what we're all about. And that's what his brand, The Speaker's Mechanic, is all about. Thanks so much for tuning in. And thanks to The Speaker's Mechanic for this sponsorship. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Motown Philly podcast. I am your co-host, Tim Golden, here with my co-host, it's your boy, Jason Hall. What up, though? What up, though, baby? Jay talking like he's from Detroit. That's because he is from Detroit. He is the Motown in Motown, Philly. And yours truly, Tim Golden, is the Philly in Motown, Philly. Together we are Motown Philly, your podcast for communication, connection, and community. And welcome to episode 35. 35 weeks straight, folks. You heard it. 35 weeks straight. Jason and I have been delivering content in the podcast space and universe that we believe is culturally and socially and politically engaging and transformative. So, Jason, tell our listeners. By the way, you all are all awesome. Our Motown Philly listening family. Tell our listeners how grateful we are for everything that has been happening for us. Listen, guys, your feedback and comments and reviews and everything that you do concerning this podcast is truly amazing. It's truly awesome. And we are grateful to the umpteenth, whatever that means. But listen, y'all are amazing. And we want you guys to continue to listen, to continue to engage, get in the Facebook chat and chat it up about these episodes. Last weekend was, or last week's episode was amazing. And so will this one. So um, we got something in store for you. We just want to say super grateful for y'all. That's right. Thank y'all so much. We want to encourage y'all again to go into the Motown Philly podcast, Facebook group, drop your opinions, your perspective, something you hear, something you like something you don't like we're here for all of it and we just want you to know that coming up soon in the motown philly podcast facebook group are going to be more posts about all kinds of ideas we have for things to do summertime is coming up we're looking about we're looking to have some fun so stay tuned folks uh we want to keep engaging we want to keep building this community we got well over 100 members in the motown philly facebook group a podcast facebook group so let's keep that going all right y'all enough preliminaries let's get down to it episode 35 jason today we are going to engage the culture a little bit more and talk about love is blind mm. love is blind love is blind so here we are Mm -hmm. At episode 35, and today Jason and I are going to be talking about a Netflix special 
that is on right now. It is in season four. It is one of those reality TV shows, and it is titled Love is Blind. So, Jay, what I'm going to do is try to set the table and talk a little bit about the premise of the show. I'm going to give you my perspective on it and how it relates to communication, connection, and community. And then I'm going to hand it off to you for what I know will be, as usual, a thoughtful, prescient analysis coming <laughs> from my Motown homie. So what? listen, listen, y'all, check this out. So contemporary dating culture is often criticized because of its preoccupation with appearance. Last week on episode 34, one of the things you heard me say was that a drawback of the dating culture is that we tend to fall in love with pictures and profiles, but we don't fall in love with people. And mm -hmm. so to counteract this, what many people consider to be a superficial cultural influence or a, a an unhealthy preoccupation with physical appearance the show love is blind is set up as follows i believe there are 12 men invited to the show 12 single men and 12 10 or 12 i don't know uh the number both numbers might be wrong but it's a certain amount of men and a certain amount of women the numbers are equal they are invited they're all from the same city i believe and they're invited to a building in which the building is divided into half and the women live in one half of the building and the men live in the other half of the building. They can't mm -hmm. see one another. And at some point during their stay there, the men and the women begin dating each other sight unseen. What do I mean? Well, they go to different rooms in the building on their respective sides that are called pods and they go in and out of the pods and they talk to one another and they do that for a few days until they see that they can have a connection with someone now when you go into the pod the key is that you are talking to if you're a man you're talking to a woman on the other side if you're a woman you're talking to a man on the other side but you cannot see the person Mm -hmm. You can't even see a silhouette. You can't see a shadow. You can't see anything. You're both, you're each in a room and you're having a conversation with one another, sight unseen. Well, when you zero in on someone who you seem to have connected with on one of your dates, and I'm putting dates in scare quotes because again, you can't see each other. You're just talking to one another in the pod. Then you get exclusive with one person mm -hmm. and once you get exclusive with one person if you are seeing a connection with that person eventually the man will get down on one knee and will propose to the woman who will either who usually accepts because they have a deep connection so you have now gotten engaged to someone without seeing them and then there's a reveal. So once you're engaged, the reveal happens. And when you're in the building where the, you have the pods, they take you to another building, and another room, and you're both behind a wall. 
and there's a space in the middle and they lift the walls. You see one another, you walk to the middle, you hug, you embrace, and you see your fiance for the first time. If that works and you continue to like each other, then they send you away to a romantic getaway, someplace like Cancun. And they send you there for, I think two weeks mm -hmm. on this romantic getaway, romantic vacation. You spend time together there. If that works out, then when you come back, then they bring you back to everyday life, right? They've taken away, for the most part, they've taken away your devices and you can't have social media or anything. It's all about getting to know your new, newly found fiance. Then you come back to the city where you started from, where you're both from, and the show puts you up in an apartment and you have to live together mm -hmm. for two weeks. And if that works out, then I believe a week after that, the show will pay for your wedding. And you can walk down the aisle and say, I do. That's how the show is set up. Now, I like the spirit of the show, Jason, mm -hmm. because the spirit of the show is to try to debunk the notion that we're we should all be out here falling in love with profiles and pictures and our preoccupation with appearance is is something that drives us and what the show wants to do is to try to debunk that to overcome that so i like that but here's my critique in its desire to overcome our preoccupation with appearance I think the show goes too far to the other extreme because 85 to 90% of our communication, Jason, is nonverbal. I think there is a sense in which each of us needs to see and must see the person's face with whom we are communicating. Right. Not because we're going to base our decision to be with them based on how good they look, but because if we're going to acknowledge that most of our communication is nonverbal, then how do we judge things like facial expressions, body language, and all the other nonverbal cues, which you as a communication specialist, right? understand are so important to communication how do you evaluate any of those things without seeing the person and so i think that the premise of the show this i like the spirit of the show mm -hmm. but my criticism is that sometimes i think the show goes too far in the other direction because seeing someone that you are communicating with is part and parcel of a healthy relationship. So I'm going to leave it there and pass it off to you and ask you, what do you think about that, Jay? What do you think about the show? What do you think about the criticism I offered? Bring bring us some bring us some Motown perspective. So I too have watched this show. Um, Tim has brought this show to my attention again. I believe it's going on for yeah four seasons this is the fourth season i happened to catch it probably on season number one i watched a full episode and i'm kind of re-watching it a little bit with tim 
and getting familiar with kind of the premise of what it is. I know that the one thing that I heard often then and now that it is an experiment uh, and they often as um, participants in this particular game, if you will, or not really a game, a real life activity, that this is an experiment and they and those who are participating and those who, of course, are observing are trying to figure out does this to this way of dating, how effective is it? And I like, again, that you said, yeah, the spirit of it, I get because it does debunk what we often are in this in this modern day culture fall, you know, I guess fall privy to as far as our you know, just our tendencies to be like, okay, this is what culture is doing. Let's hop on the app. You know, let's, what is Tinder doing? What is Bumble doing? What is face? What is the Facebook dating app doing? Um, and other apps that go along with it, eHarmony and so on and so forth. Those are, those start off, those can start off as a superficial, um, can start off, not all where Tim and I are not talking, uh, about, about we're, 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 we're painting this picture with a broad brush I and mean, everyone is not the same and their generalities in which we speak of but the point of this particular show is it's it's really a fascinating show because people are using their communication skills in order to get to know each other and because so it's like a double-edged sword when as i watch it because th- Sometimes the physical is distract can be distracting to what is actually the meat of what people should be getting to know about each other by opening up, being vulnerable, talking about life experiences and th- their backstory, maybe some things that hurt them, healing that they've gone through. These are all important things when it comes to getting to know somebody. Like you said, Tim the element seems to go too far to one end because it is devoid of actually seeing that other person on the other side, which is like you said, it's typically a healthy process to get to know what someone looks like, because I believe part of attraction is not just how one communicates, which I think and have learned over time that communication is a very sexy can i say that yeah i can say that is a very sexy skill to a lot of people who are in the dating world if you if you have been on an app before or recently a lot of people's bio says they got to hold a conversation um they got to know how to how to talk to me they 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 need to understand that um saying which you know, texting me or DMing me, what you doing is not necessarily a way to come at somebody. Like the having good and, and effective communication skills is a high level trait for someone who is dating and looking to find someone, another match for somebody. But it's not the only thing. You, you're right. It is a visual, the visual and aspect of getting to know somebody. Like that's a real thing. Here's my interjection to what you said. My observation is not just, yeah, the physical part needs to be there. You need to be able to lay eyes on the person because communication from uh, that is that is physical or nonverbal is something that needs to be gleaned by this part. It's it's another part of information track, if you will, or modality, as we call it in the uh, communication world, where someone is gleaning information 
to understand someone, what they're saying, who they are. The other part of that, this particular experiment that is so condensed, like the time factor is overlooked. So you, you're not, you're, you're, you're not, it's not just the fact that you're meeting somebody is what they're, what they're coaxing, coaxing you to do at the end of it. And it, to, it, to not just to be dating partners or, or just, you know, long-term like boyfriend, girlfriend to really figure it out. It's just like, you're learning this to do this. It's, it's like, I often talk to Tim about a, a tractor beam in relationships. Sometimes because we don't have accountability or a lack of self-awareness, that communication that we have with ourselves, we can seem like we're in a relationship where we're getting caught up. And it seems like there's a tractor beam sucking us closer and it, as if we don't have a say in knowing, hey, you know what? We can slow down or I don't have to like you're not necessarily good for me and I don't or I should not or maybe we should not be dating each other. Some people, they just feel like once they start dating, maybe they don't want to they have difficulty with having hard conversations. So it's they just continue along this 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 plot if you will or along this in this relationship and they belabor a conversation that might have should have happened months ago um and due to fear so just knowing that you can have multiple modalities and that's a healthy thing seeing someone as one but understanding that you don't you're in this tractor beam that should or could end up in matrimony. I think that's a that's a level of pressure that is that can be an understatement when you're talking about this particular this particular experiment of TV show and love. All good points, Jason, and I, I don't disagree with any of them. I'm gonna just say you need to see who you're talking to. Definitely. And you need to see who you're talking to again, not because you're going to base your decision about whether to date them or marry them or what they look like, but just simply because a healthy part of an integral part of healthy communication is visualizing all of the nonverbal cues, which you cannot do if you can't see the person. Well, let's let me let me play a little devil's advocate, though. Like, I get that that's healthy. But are we also saying because you are not because you are not able to see that person, one can't or people can't fall in love without and and carry on a successful relationship? Because that's an experiment. There are actually people who are blind. No, we can't help that. They're just blind and they fall in love and get married. And they, you know, I don't know about the research on this. And it, they, I'm, I'm not sure if Stevie Wonder or Ray, we know Ray Charles, <laughs> Ray Charles' story, but I mean, everyone has problems, but it's just like, what do we do with that? Like, I believe that love can be found if you're blind. I don't think it's, I don't think it's ideal because we all have eyes, right? <laughs> but here's what we also know, Jason. What we also know is that when a person is blind, their other senses are heightened mm -hmm. to compensate for the blindness. So mm -hmm. whatever nonverbals you don't pick up on because you can't see, I bet you pick up on because of what you can hear. 
that you pick up on them. So I'm not sure that's a fair comparison, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you might not be able to see, but what you can hear, and I believe that if you are blind, you have you probably have a heightened emotional sensitivity mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And you're probably because you have to be on guard, right? Extra. We all have emotions that are that play a role in how we interact with one another and how we see the world and if a sense as vital as your sense of sight is taken away and when you are approaching an endeavor like marriage or relationship with another person that is going to put you in a position of vulnerability i think just as a matter of a sort of biological act of compensation you your emotions are operating at a heightened state so i'm not sure a blind person is a fair comparison <laughs> to a, right. a, a sighted person right i'm, I'm shocked think, that you're not adding stevie wonder into this mix I, 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 i'm i'm not saying listen i'm not saying that you can't fall in love and be married if you can't see that's uh-huh. not my point my point is that it is not the healthiest thing for a person who, who can see right. to blind themselves intentionally. Mm. That's I think that's a that's a horse of a different color, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's the that's the nuance that we're after here. We know Stevie Wonder and we know Ray Charles and we know there may be people who are physically blind. But that's not something they've done to themselves as part of some sort of social experiment. Mm-hmm. We're talking about people who who people who got all five senses and who don't have a heightened one of them heightened to an astonishing degree or have a heightened emotional sensibility. When all five of your senses are on e- or are on an equal plane, you need to be able to see the person you're talking to. And I think that's the I think that's the the point that that I'm trying to make here. So it's a it's a fascinating show, and the people on the show are fascinating. We don't have to get into an individual discussion of the people, but here's the other thing I'm going to say, Jason. Watching that show is exhausting mm-hmm. emotionally, and the reason it's exhausting is because the show is almost pure emotion yeah it is it is pure emotion i mean if you want to get a window into the emotional lives of human beings to the sadness to the joy and it's and the sad thing about it is it's emotion reduced to a romantic context right right i mean emotions are not just about romance but when you look at this show you see the emotions on full display and man it is draining it can wipe you out the show is basically a soap opera in that matter the show is actually genius in the fact that it really focuses and pinpoints some heightened levels of romantic relationship and how they and how and we get while we get to watch them navigate those emotions in not real time but kind of real time even though it's taped because those those conversations that they're having because they can't touch feel or see um each other it it allows them or allows the show to really squeeze the emotion 
and and allow people to really with the time factor right the time so you got the time it's a genius show you got the time factor and you got these people really emoting and expressively verbally articulating who they are and how they are when you can't do anything physical you're almost you're forced to talk and and pour out your heart you're in a room there's something about the solitude of those rooms sometimes when i watch uh when you when when you watch the show a lot of these people are very comfortable they'll take off their shoes they'll they'll relax on the couch as if they're you know just you know there's nothing to do their minds are not preoccupied so it's a hyper focus on each other they're pensively thinking about themselves and the show is the show is back you know is you know the under the undergirding of the show is like you you're on a time schedule here how many weeks how many days has this been you know uh, um when are we done so it's like it's ample everything seems amplified especially as they share their thoughts feelings and experience together it's it's a fascinating type genius show it really is it's a it's a it's a genius show it's a powerful show and it's the kind of show that makes you begin to think at times when i look at it it's the kind of show frankly that makes me glad i'm not married <laughs> right uh, why why Tim why would you say such a thing well because you you realize sometimes and this is just me talking as a single person who lives by himself sometimes you forget how much you have to adjust for having another person in your life mm. when this when the people when the couples return from the romantic getaway, and they have to, uh, they have to return to real life, and they get their phones back, and they get their social media back. That's when the show ratchets it up a little bit, that, doesn't it? That's, that's where the rubber meets the road, right? Because you go from this idyllic, I can't see you, the reveal, oh my gosh, she's beautiful, oh he's so handsome, oh, and then you go away. And mm -hmm. by the way, whether or not your emotional connection that you made in the pods escalates to a physical connection or sexual connection once you go away is entirely up to the participants right no you're not forced to into any sort of right sort of sexual relationship that is entirely up to each one of you and some of the some of the couples decide to wait until they get married and you know so you you have you have a lot of that going on but what I think is is so fascinating about it is that you you really begin to see what life is like with another person. And when a guy has to give up his bachelor lifestyle to go move in with a woman who's going to be his wife who is concerned about things like the color scheme and is something that he has never thought about. And when she has to start thinking about sharing her closet space with a guy mm -hmm. who she has never had to share space with before, these are when the real life conversations start to happen, Jason. 
Yeah. When you put, this is when you realize, and I mean, I was tongue in cheek a minute ago when I said, when you look at this as a single person, it makes you maybe happy you're not married. But this is when you realize that beyond all of the emotions is the hard work of trying to bring two people together with different backgrounds, different ideas. Some of them maybe even different worldviews in some ways to live together in the same space. And this is maybe where the show comes full circle, right? Because mm -hmm. in that context, all of the preoccupation with the physical fades away. Mm -hmm. And the, the daily grind of everyday life doesn't have really anything to do with how good you look mm -hmm. or don't look. And so now maybe the benefit, maybe when you actually have to live together, maybe that's when you begin, maybe at that point, the show has come full circle. Maybe now you start to see, you know what, what you look like don't really matter because you're getting on my nerves and I got to figure out a way to make this thing work. We got to work it out. Jay, what do you think about that? I think it's just a, it's kind of like what you're saying, knowing that once you get to the phase of the show where the reality of life, living conditions, living behaviors, habits, I like personal ideals and, and belief systems, they clash that on that level, they it's like you said, is where the rubber meets the roll and you have to like really practice those communication skills that seemed so easy when you were in these pods and you were not distracted by the world. Now you, you, you said a really important point. Like when you get into reality, you now have access of your phone. You now get to talk to your brother and sister and your mom's coming over and she's calling. So and then but you now you have a significant other and it's just like it's almost unfair because you get this ultra like I said this really hyper focused one on one over time and these emotions start to swell and to build and now you're outside in the world and you you the world is full of distractions but now you have someone and you have to integrate this significant person into your life. And that's a big challenge. It's a big challenge, especially when weeks before it was just you. You were doing your own thing. You were a singular independent person. And all the and all the, the people around you knew you that way. Now you have a full person in your life, a full person in your life with her with her with her own set her or his own set of belief systems um i'm not going to call it baggage but just life experiences and now they're now they're here and the rest of your world or universe is here too that that's a that's it's, it's an inevitable clash and now you really have to use those communication skills that when when there was no distraction seemed so easy but now you're tired and frustrated and reality's here. You're right. It's just like, how in the what in the world did I make the right decision? No, I mean, you got to figure it out. 
got to figure it out. Listen, you said something a moment ago that is very, very powerful. You said an inevitable clash mm-hmm. is coming when you have to live together. I want to pick up on some, on a comedic insight mm-hmm. into this, draw from the culture. On the other side, listen, Motown Philly Facebook family, Motown Philly listening family, Motown Philly family, period. We are going to take a brief break to let y'all know some of the things people are saying about us here at the Motown Philly podcast. And on the other side of this break, we are going to return with our continuation of our conversation about love is blind and communication. So we will be right back. Hey, y'all, it's time for y'all to know and understand and appreciate what people are out here saying about the Motown Philly podcast. Jay, people are out here talking about us, man. They out here. They out here talking about us and they saying good things. Here's a five star review from Apple Podcasts. The subject is titled the review is titled right on time. Quote, I am thoroughly enjoying the Motown Philly podcast. Dr. Tim and Jason have great chemistry and their content is what's needed in this space. Love the transparency and the topics. Please give them a listen. You won't be disappointed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to this reviewer, Sir Sharp. Thank you, sir. We love you and we appreciate you. And y'all who are listening to this. I'm telling you, get yourself on Apple Podcasts and write a review. Listen, so, Tim, I have one. I got one. Can I? Can I get? Can I go? I got one. Yeah. Share the love, Jay. Listen. listen so I we we I found another one, and this one this one's good. Refreshing information. Five star review on this particular one by Honey Dip Thirty Four. Chick, you know who that might be? I don't know. I don't know. Well, listen, this sound real sweet, though. I sound real sweet. This is what Honey Dip says. It is awesome to hear men discussing real topics in a mature manner. This is for the grown and the sexy crowd. Good Mm. job, Tim and Jason. Man, I'll take that. I'll take that any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Listen, guys, we want you guys to go to Apple specifically and write a review. If you're listening to this, we're encouraging you to go to Apple and write a review for us. That would be great. Write a review for us. And for those of you who are listening for the first time, that's just something a little something to let you know what kind of content we're dishing out here at Motown Philly. Listen, Jason and I are here to stay. We're not going anywhere. This podcast space is a space for us to engage the culture and to leave the world, to help to leave the world in a little bit of a better condition than when we found it. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for your reviews. Thank you for your support. Jay, I love you and I am absolutely in love with our Motown Philly listening family. All right, folks, welcome back to the Motown Philly podcast, episode 35, Love is Blind and Communication. So, Jason, just before the break, you were going on at length, and it was a very powerful insight that you were developing about how on the show, Love is Blind, there comes a time when all of the emotion and all of the romance has to give way to the reality of 
two people trying to accommodate one another right, right. Mm-hmm. i i kind of joked about this and i said it, it's the kind of thing that make you will make you glad that you're single and again that was tongue-in-cheek but the reality of it is that as you said you have to work it out you you have to know that even through all of the experiences in the pod where you couldn't see the person and all of the time getting to know about them the excitement of the reveal the excitement of the getaway the you know that that when you come back and start living together this is what your life is going to be like once you get married so i am thinking of an episode of seinfeld yeah (laughs) those of you invoke the seinfeld yeah i had to invoke a, a comedic example here because this is an episode in which George, George Costanza, you oh all, God. those of you who, who know Seinfeld will remember George Costanza as the neurotic best friend of Jerry Seinfeld from childhood, who who's who is so dysfunctional, you can't imagine where he gets it from until you see his parents interact with one another. Then you really start to see the dysfunction in George for for you start to see where he got it from in his mother and father. Anyway, George is engaged to a woman named Susan. And Susan begins to get to know George's friends. And she gets to know Elaine and she says, hey, Elaine, let's hang out. Elaine, of course, is a friend of George's. And Elaine says, sure, Susan, let's hang out. Well, George finds out from his fiance Susan that she's going to be hanging out with Elaine, and it sends him off the deep end. He runs over to Jerry's house and he says, Jerry, what is going on? Susan told me she's hanging out with Elaine. And Jerry's like, yeah, what's wrong with that? He was like, you don't understand. He was like, there are two worlds he was like my world with susan is relationship george Mm -hmm. and that world is separate from this george Mm -hmm. the george of your apartment the george that hangs out with you kramer and elaine and he says to jerry if these worlds collide my life as I know it is over. I can't do this, Jerry. Mm-hmm. And then Kramer comes in and Kramer says to George something like, hey, buddy, Susan's hanging out with Elaine. You better put a stop to that. And then Jerry's like, what are you talking about? He said, don't correct. And then Kramer said, don't you see? The worlds can't collide. Because if the worlds collide, this George ceases to exist. The George who we know and love. Wow. What an yeah. And it's hilarious, right? Because you it's a it's a comedic way of giving some texture and cons and content, mm-hmm. opening up a conversation, right? About this issue of the adjustment that has to come when you marry a person or yeah. when you decide this person is going to be a part of your life yeah. and so what what do you what do you think about that jason because we both love seinfeld right 
Matter of fact, I might watch that episode later today. Right. right? Seinfeld, so, listen, so, guys. Seinfeld, Seinfeld is a goat. Is a is is a goat. A goat sitcom. Okay. It just is a it goat. Is, it is totally a goat sitcom. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and if you haven't watched it, if you think you've been thinking about watching it, listen, do yourself a favor and just start anywhere. Start anywhere and guess what? You're probably wondering, what is it about? Or what just just start watching it and is it about and it's about nothing. It's a show about nothing that actually has this that actually connects because they take you off guard by telling you it's a show about nothing, but it's actually a show about all of our lives. And it's absolutely hilarious. It's a show that's <laughs> about nothing and everything at the same time. By the exactly. way, it's streaming on Netflix. So you go watch Love is Blind, you can go over and and also watch Seinfeld because all nine episodes, all nine seasons of Seinfeld are now streaming on Netflix. Yeah. By the way, Netflix needs to give us a little, a yeah, little we, something, something we, for the we, advertisement. We coming, we coming, we coming for those Netflix <laughs> advertisements. Don't play, do not play, y'all. Yes, but, sir. but no, I, I think that's a beautiful analogy. Like I said, these you got two people and their universes are, and the reason why I said collide is because each person has this has this solar system you know what i'm saying and maybe they're the sun in their solar system i mean maybe that could be narcissistic but <laughs> it it kind of revolves around them because they're the they're the star of their of their own life if you will and they have all these planets circling around them now bring someone else's solar system imagine the milky way trying to integrate in an organic way with another with another galaxy if you will and the, you can see the two galaxies coming together and the goal of the galaxies is to kind of be like a jump rope or a hula hoop and just have some type of symmetric fusion without any colliding or any mishaps or off rhythms imagine that that's just two two galaxies coming together and and cohabitating with all the planets and the and the and the the coibles and the rocks and the everything the meteors that that shoot randomly something is going to be something is going to hit and miss be exploded and it's just it's almost like a dance that you just have to really be on your toes about especially i i think this too what do you think when you're older, it might be more challenging. Yes or no? I think I think yes. It, yes, it might be, particularly because I think the older we get, the more we ensconce ourselves in our worldviews. Mm -hmm. The more we ensconce ourselves in our values, right? The things that matter to us, the things that are important to us. And the less that we are willing to accommodate another person whose worldviews worldview might be a little different or who might have certain nuances or quirks in their personality. Now, listen, here's the thing. When you, when you have another person in your life romantically, you, you have, it's, you have to accommodate with that, uh, accommodate for that person. It becomes harder to do that when you live with that person. In other words, is 
it's one thing if you just have a dating relationship and you see each other and you go out and you do things together. That's like one level, right? Where you have to accommodate a person and fit that person into your schedule, right? So fitting that person into your daily life in terms of dates is one level. But when you talk about a marriage or a, a, a relationship that involves cohabitation like marriage, then now you're talking about adjusting your space. And I think the older you are, the less adjustments that you're willing to make in your space. And so maybe the pool of people who would be compatible with you also shrinks mm -hmm. as you get older, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe some people as they get older just get to the point where they say, you know what? Ain't no, the, I got a person in mind that I want, but that person doesn't exist. Right. And, but and is it comfort? But is it comfort level though? Is it? Is it ultimately? This is what I'm willing to do versus versus not. Like I'm very comfortable with my independent life, and because my independent life, I'm going. You know, I'm basically doing pretty well. You know, I, nothing. No one's bothering me, so to speak. Or there's no emotional, real high emotional challenges. Sometimes, you know. There's a there's a level of normalcy that you can fall into. Like, is it all about comfort, convenience? It depends on how much you value those things. If comfort and convenience are not just what you experience, but what you really, really value, especially, I think. Oh, you're gonna man. be single forever, ever. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> especially, especially when I think about men. Uh, men who crave peace of mind, mm -hmm. right? Men, I think, who are fathers, such mm -hmm. as yourself, right? may be more willing to have that level of accommodation than someone like me who has never had children mm -hmm. um, because you know the burdens of parenting that come with dealing with another person, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the biggest adjustment in a person's life, so I've heard, is the adjustment from being, uh, from not being a parent to parenthood. Mm -hmm. That everyone who I know, including you, that has had children has said to me, you know, Tim, there is nothing like uh, going from being able to do basically whatever you want, whenever you want to do it, right as not being a parent to having to help your whole life revolve around this little person right and so i'm wondering if you would agree that somebody who has children and who has raised children such as yourself might be more willing to make the adjustments necessary for another person than someone maybe who hasn't had children what do you think about that, Jason? I think that's an interesting uh, perspective. And like, I think it's also a thoughtful dynamic when you consider the fact that well, I'm going to go with my galaxy or solar system type type analogy, like in my in my universe or my solar system, I'm used to seeing these planets. I used to see them. I see them rise and fall. 
the light shines and then it doesn't shine. I interact with these planets and sometimes there's some volatility, but at the end of the day, I'm still familiar with seeing, waking up and seeing these planets orbit around me on, on some level and I have this consistent interaction. And as a, if you're single without having a lot of, you know, orbiting uh, spheres or, or, or celestial bodies, if you will, orbiting your space when someone comes even if they're favorable for you even if you like them and and even if you you know even if you like them and you're fond of them attracted to them and you get along with this individual you better believe that that and that individual has her own you know her or her, her his own type of solar systems type of um celestial bodies that you're going to have to now interact with and because now that she's close to you 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 see what she normally sees and that's unfamiliar to you so when that's not there there's a lot more adjustments having to come along because if you're going to allow that person into your life you're also going to allow their their universe or their particular solar system to be a part of yours and you definitely have to have be mindful of being open to be like all right this is now i'm okay this is now what reality is for me and as they interact with their solar system i'm gonna be i don't know if the word is compassionate but i'm just going to be more i'm going to be open and that's okay and i understand the concept of you had a you had a life before me and i don't know everything about your life but i have to have my heart fixed to be open to contain or to involve those hopefully non-toxic, right? Functional, healthy people uh, in in your particular solar system so that you can have some type of, I don't know, symbiotic, symmetrical, like choreographed dance called life together. So, so here we are. Jason, Love is Blind, an analysis of the show. And what are we about here at Motown Philly? Our mission is communication, connection, community. Mm -hmm. We've sort of been talking about all three of these things in the context of the show. We started off talking about Love is Blind and communication. Right? Not being able to see the person, nonverbals, maybe the show goes too far to the other extreme by mm -hmm. taking visibility away from people and so forth and so on. Mm -hmm. We've talked about connection and the way that connections are made emotionally on an extremely deep level. I mean, we're talking about people committing to marriage and being engaged sight unseen, right? So we have this question of communication, which we could debate, we can go back and forth about that. But when I think of connection, one of the things we're talking about now is that an emotional connection is not enough or is it enough? In other words, when we get to the nitty gritty and people have to start living together and they get their phones back and they get their, their, their friends back and they get their families back. And now they have to talk about merging. The question I have is in terms of connection, is the emotional connection that you have with your fiance and that you've cultivated over this time enough to help you negotiate 
the practical realities of everyday life and the inevitable and necessary adjustments that you're going to have to make. This is or my... or is that is that is there something else? I mean, is it possible that that emotional connection is deep enough and strong enough? to help get you over that practical hump? Because if we're going to build connection, we need answers to these questions. Jay? My question is, and this is to stir the pot a little bit more with all those great, great thoughts about the connection, is that is the connection, con is the connection considered contrived? Is it mm. quote unquote real? Mm. And even as I ask that question, it's very hard to to validate someone else's feelings like uh, only the person we can't you and i can't sit here and i don't think we can and be like yo what they were feeling it wasn't real because you like feelings you can't touch mm. like feelings you can't like to not validate someone's feeling is very feelings is a very dehumanizing mm. type of behavior and activity would you agree with that absolutely absolutely so i think questioning is it is it contrived or i mean that's another question but is it real i would we would have to say yeah the feel their feelings are real contrived meaning for me they were put in this experiment mm -hmm. and this was their reality for several days and weeks so with that being said now mind you this was their reality but here's the thing is that normal reality for a human being as they encounter real real relationships I, you and i would we would contend that that's not a next necessarily normal way to 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 become involved with somebody right or wrong that's right. That's exactly right. So in that way, it is contrived. Therefore, your emotions are, though real, they seem they might be on steroids. Yes or no? I mean, I mean, because we all looking and we all feeling, too. Right. We're feeling, too. Right. So uh, here's the thing, Jason. I think I don't think there's any question that the feelings are real. Mm -hmm. But the deeper, harder question is, are they sufficient? are they enough are they strong enough to endure the adjustments that need to be made in everyday life when you talk about committing someone through marriage and and here and here's the difference here's the rub for me with that well what you, with what you're asking is it enough those questions for that show and for real life are the same because you got to break that down bro. for me for me when someone typically meets somebody in the real world they're in the midst of doing life they're in the midst of going to work they're in the midst of talking to their mom and they're on the midst of on being on their phone so distraction is already around and if they can make it through the gauntlet of regular life just live another day or a few more moments something is going to hit that relationship to shake it the thing that hits that relationship in that show is 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 nothing but reality they get it it's almost like you've been swimming in your own little contrived kiddie pool 
now someone says now go swimming you know and you know how to swim now go swim in the pacific and if you know the pacific it's cold there and it's way and as the winds and the waves are also there and there are also elements of wildlife and other things that make it challenging to do the thing so both have real life experiences that hit the relationship it's just to say one has already been swimming in that water already but the the whole question is can they can they survive can they survive what is wildlife whether they just got thrown in the in the water or they've been swimming in it all the time i think either way you got to deal with the wildlife of of reality and they make it through the ocean without getting gobbled up by a great white shark i mean that's the question i think jaws is out there and in a sense i like what you said because that's the question for all of us can you can you what did new edition say can you stand the rain baby let's go can you stand the rain come on was it who was it was it johnny gill or ralph transman singing that thing that was that was ralph transman or or ricky ronnie I think I think Johnny Gill got a good one, got a good little verse off in that thing. Well, no pressure, no pressure from me, baby. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. I'm telling you, bro. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that question is for everybody. Can you? Is it deep enough to endure? Whether you're whether you're starting off like normal people, or you're in this you're in this uh this experiment. Can you stand the rain? And you stay in the rain, right? Can you endure? Which, okay, go ahead. Here's the thing, though. What makes it different? This that now we've gone through all that stuff that we talked about. What makes this thing different? You're an attractor being towards marriage. Period. Period. And, and in some ways, both situations might be, but there is no. There's not a spotlight. There's not like, hey, this thing is about marriage. At the end of the day, somebody's got to be walking walking down this aisle. So right. that's a little different though. Is that that pressure? Yo, you know what they say, pressure, pressure burst pipes. So so he, here's the question. What's the question? Is there a way during the phase, the early phases of heightened emotion to keep in the back of your mind all of these hardcore practical realities that we're talking about in a way such that you are less shocked when you have to come down to everyday reality. In other words, is there a way to anticipate the nitty gritty of everyday life while you are falling for the person, Mm -hmm. right? Such that you can mitigate the shock of having to come together. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say, if you do that, I'm going to say that the answer is no. And I'm going to say that if you do that, you are, you are not only um, cutting, you, you are not only cutting yourself off because you're not being open and vulnerable, 
you are also missing out on one of the most joyous experiences of human life which is the experience of falling in love describe the level of mitigation that you're talking what is, what do you mean can you so, mitigate so, so you're let's go to the show right so you're trying to we're talking about connection and see what we're really talking about now is community mm -hmm. because building community with someone in marriage based on the show means you have to come through these adjustments mm -hmm. so you're in the pods right mm -hmm. and you're really feeling this girl mm -hmm. and she's feeling you and in the back of your mind you are saying things like so what's it gonna what's our everyday life gonna be like like mm -hmm. what is the day in our lives together look like what's your perfect weekend look like Mm -hmm. Tell me about your parents, because I got friends and, and I, you know, my mother and father have this set of values. My mother and father do this for fun. What do your parents do for fun? What do you and your friends do for fun? I got friends with this kind of personality, this one and this one. What kind of personalities do your friends have? And here's my question. Genius, by the way, what you're saying is genius. And I don't think near one of them people ask those types. They of are questions. not having those conversations, bro. It's They're all about them. And they got these visions and these ideas and the feelings. They talk about the dreams and they talk about touching and They're not having conversations about how do you handle money? You know, what is your, how do you describe your relationship with money? What's mm -hmm. your relationship with it like? right mm -hmm. uh, how do you how do you pay bills do you pay mm -hmm. everything online do you still do the 20th century paper versions do you you know i mean these are the things that these are the kinds of conversations you want to have here's the thing though jason and you say this often mm -hmm. i number one i think that you maybe you can do this but you have to be careful because as you always say, hey, Jason, you have to learn to live in the moment. And if you are so preoccupied with the future that you can't enjoy the present, are you really living your life or are you robbing yourself mm -hmm. of joy in the present because you are concerned for the future. Now there's nothing wrong with being concerned for the future. Brene Brown calls that for foreboding joy. There you go. Foreboding, right? Mm -hmm. Looking ahead. Yeah. You're looking ahead. And is that the question becomes, is that healthy? Now, maybe the two of you have a conversation in the pods and you say, listen, let's just enjoy this now but understand that there are some real conversations that we need to have. We not, if you don't want to have them now, we don't want to, we're not going to have them now, but let's live in the moment. Let's be together and let's experience the joy. And then later we can talk about the nuts and bolts. I mean, which of those do you, which of those do you see? as healthiest in terms of building community with someone the way community is trying to be built on the show jason i think when oh, to answer your question when it goes to like mitigating some of these risk factors once reality hits with two people what you 
alluded to that individuals can do to to kind of see their way forward in a better way what is is a heightening heightened level of emotional intelligence and that's at the bottom line your awareness of yourself of who you are and who you're becoming to know is uber ultra super important and when you know that like to understand okay we are in a experiment and i'm really digging you and i get the fact that we're getting to know each other but once you start to sense that this might be going a little way i just want to touch on some things i mean that might that we might face in the future i have a i have a son and a daughter like what is your idea of kids like what does school look like for for what is like you said a day in a life like um how do you integrate like how do you are you an introvert an extrovert do you like to go out what kind of food do you eat do you exercise like these things are if they're important to you you need to start talking about those things here's the thing hard conversations when it comes to relationships and those that are trending towards intimacy or period or period hard conversations with with human beings i'm talking as a as a as a communication skills coach hard conversations must one must learn to cultivate the ability to execute those things even though they're uncomfortable let me say that again one must learn to execute what you and i understand or what people understand as uncomfortable hard conversations because you are a human being and those are necessary for relationships to thrive to prosper to have proper boundaries so that they can be healthy they are just a must one must learn to understand how to initiate and how to have the proper tone and tenor and keep a level mind as you're as you're wading through these things and be considerate and have empathy as you're having these conversations with someone but also revealing them revealing to them who your who your natural who your authentic self is thus that's part of it and you you can't run away from that you can't even it's gonna be uncomfortable in other words you can't just be sexy. You got to be grown. <laughs> you got to be grown and sexy. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Five here at Motown Philly. We oh, grown yes. before we sexy. True, right? man. In other words, what I hear you saying, Jason, is that you have to cultivate your emotional intelligence sufficiently to be able to experience the joy of your emotions mm -hmm. in the pod without being deceived into thinking that the joy of your emotions is all you need to get by because the reality is relationships like marriage that's beautiful tim what you say that again that's beautiful say that again you, you, I, I don't know if I can remember exactly what I just said, but I, I'll try to repeat it. Mm -hmm. you, you can't just cultivate a relationship. You have to cultivate the emotional intelligence 
to be able to experience the joy of love emotionally without being overwhelmed by it and being deceived into thinking that the emotional joy of love is all you need. Mm, that's if, good. You're, if you're going to build real connection, lasting connection, and have lasting community, you got to intermingle it with. You got. You can't just be sexy. You got to be home. <laughs> In other words, you got to know. Hey, I look, girl. You make my heart skip a beat. You fine. I mean, what am I trying to say? You, you fine. Right? <laughs> but but you fine. The fact that you look good and the fact that we are we feeling good. The fact that we're feeling good, right? It's not enough. Because mm. we feel good right now, but there's going to come a time when we're going to have to sit down and look at each other and have some difficult conversations. Yeah. And that's when we have to do the adult thing. Mm -hmm. That's when we have to be grown. Mm -hmm. That's when the sexy has to give way to the grown and the grown can only come with a mindset that understands that tough conversations are an inevitable part of human relationships. Why? Because tough circumstances are an inevitable part of human life. The colliding, the colliding that we talked about the very two, the, the galaxies or the solar systems coming together. And this, this is the dysfunction of George Costanza. George does not want. I love it. I love it. George does not. He said, Jerry, you don't understand when I'm here. This is regular George. My interactions with Susan are relationship George that belong out there. And I think it's, it's, it's safe to say that George Costanza's approach to relationships is not the healthiest approach to relationships. He is in the show. He is actively looking for ways to get out of the engagement without actually sitting down with Susan and telling her that he no longer wants to be married to her. Yeah, it's 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 I love that show. <laughs> I mean, the level of dysfunction. See, George is all about the sexy, but George got trouble with the grown part. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Because the, I mean, George just wants to sort of sit around and not do anything. And listen, if that's what you about, that's what you about. But you can't have one leg in that life and say you're going to be engaged on the other because those worlds, they don't mix well. And the thing is, like, if that's what you're going to do, how about you open up your mouth and say that? That's uh, that's that's another grown thing. Like, maybe as a grown up, that's what you want to do. But you have to be able to articulate that. Um, and and that's like that could be a hard conversation because you might listen. You got to be honest. You have to have integrity. You might want you might want that particular type of relationship like chill and not really not really advancing after the female or whatever but you want to make sure that she has some say so and understanding like is i get to choose too because we're in this this is a two-way street here right right everybody gets to choose and you get the sense on on seinfeld that 
Susan is is much more okay with being married than George is. So you you have to. I think the solution to this is right. It, when we look when we look at love is blind, right? right? We have communication. We have the importance of nonverbals. We have this question of connection mm-hmm. and this question of whether or not the sexy part of grown and sexy. It, it, the sexy part is real. The joy is real. The endorphins are real. The whole love makes you crazy thing is real. You know, there's a there's a song by Billie Holiday called Comes Love. And she says, "Comes the southern words are, comes love, nothing can be done. Right? Mm-hmm. She said, if a summons comes, you can hide behind the door. If If the house is dirty, you can clean the floor. But when love comes, nothing can be done. Meaning that the emotional force of connection with another person can be so strong, it can make you stupid. It can literally oh, make true. you stupid. And wow. so we have to understand that the sexy part is real, but it's not sufficient. That the sexy part has to be balanced with a level of on a level of emotional intelligence on both parts, right? On both parties' sides, right? You have to be able the man and the woman have to be able to say the the two people have to be able to say to one another, okay, we feeling each other, but what does everyday life look like? What are our values? And those conversations have to be, I think, often and honest. Mm-hmm. So you have communication, connection. And only when you have that level of connection with another person that is both sexy and grown, right? Or grown and sexy together, mm-hmm. then then now you are starting to build what, Jason? Healthy community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Healthy yeah. community. Mm-hmm. So love is blind, y'all. Love yeah. is blind. It'll make you crazy. It'll yeah. make you crazy. But listen, you got to look out for you. And you got to look out for the other person, too, because we're Definitely. not out here to hurt people, right? We're not out here to hurt people. We're not out here to cause harm. We are out here to ensure that the full measure of humanity is addressed, not just our emotions, but our intellect. And if we're going to put the emotions and the intellect together in the context of Love is Blind, we'll say that the emotions are sexy and that the intellect is grown and that together grown and sexy you can they feed off of one another you can enjoy each other you can experience the emotional love you can be in the moment but you can also understand that the moment fades and when the moment fades and everything swings back to the other side and you got to get up and go to work in the morning or you got to get up and make breakfast and do the laundry and get the kids to school and do all the daily grind stuff that what that the connection that you have is strong enough to withstand the realities of everyday life wow jay love it man love is blind boss episode 35 hey y'all listen in the motown philly podcast facebook group we got some stuff coming up i'll be posting about it soon we just want to thank y'all for continuing to listen jason hall tell us where we can find you boss you guys can find me on Instagram at the speakers mechanic. You can find me on LinkedIn. I am your 
communication skills coach, if you're looking for help in the professional realm, business, or as an entrepreneur or anywhere in corporate life, and you're trying to be a be- become a better speaker, better communicator, facilitate large or small groups as you present, get at your boy. Yo, Tim, Chick Golden, where can we find you? And you can find me on the gram, baby. Find me on the gram at a good golden man. You can find me on Twitter at DRTJ Golden ESQ. You can find me on Facebook in Walla Walla at Tim Golden. Three things in life are certain death taxes. And yes, I am the only black man in Walla Walla named Tim Golden. I guarantee it, folks. I guarantee it. Take that to the bank with you. Listen, y'all. Episode 36 is coming up soon. Don't miss it. We got so many goodies in store for you. Jason, you you give the gratitude at the beginning. I'm giving the gratitude at the end. It's a gratitude sandwich, man. The the things that we are doing, the things that y'all are making possible for us, we're just grateful for y'all. Thank you for continuing to tune in and listen. Please come in the podcast Facebook group. Show your support. Comment. Criticize. We here for all of it. We want to make this content something that will benefit you. And we got so many good things coming up. We got guests. We got conversations. We got fun topics. So mm-hmm. hanging in with us. We're not going anywhere. Nope. We don't want y'all to go anywhere either. Jay, I love you, man. I love you too. And guess what? I love myself. Hey, man. Get some of that. Listen to everybody out there. Say it. Say it. I say it again. Myself. Say it in the laundry room. Say it in the kitchen. Say it in the car. I love myself. Yeah, yes, take care you of yourself. Take care. Until next time, we out of here like Vladimir. Peace. Yeah.